When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. Wait, With Boomer and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. Oh, we're back. This is big time, people. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Boomer, how are you? You know what? I'm doing well, and this is one of those weeks where we got six teams on buys in the NFL. Some of the better teams in the league are not playing this weekend, so we got a lot to get into, a lot of things to discuss, a lot of like interesting games. I wouldn't say uh, totally uh, exciting games, other than the no. Dolphins and the Eagles, and maybe the Chiefs and the uh, and, and the Chargers. But I, I got to say, Lions, Ravens, and I'm Lions, not Ravens. Allow but, the slander. Yeah, but not exciting. It's, it's, you know, Baltimore plays ugly football games, Mike. You know that. I, okay, I'm a Giants fan. Any functional football is exciting to me. Any. <laughs> any form of organization, I'm, I'm excited. Um, let, let, let's do this. I want to briefly mention Thursday night's game because I want to go back to something you've said for a while, and I think you nailed it from the beginning. But the, the Saints are largely terrible, and Derek, I, I think a lot of this falls on Derek Carr. I hated the performance against Houston last week. I watched a lot of that game in the fourth quarter. Last night, it's just it, it feels like more to blame game stuff. Derek, here's an idea. How about you do your job? We paid you well to do it. You have weapons. What 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 is – if I'm wrong about Derek Carr, Boomer, then what am I missing with this Saints offense? It, it makes that, no sense. It's not that you're wrong about Derek Carr. Now, they were 3 of 18 on third down. That's usually the quarterback's down. Uh, but he did get them to a position where they should have tied the game, and Foster Moreau, unfortunately, drops the football, and you know, it, then the whole thing just drops out, and they lose the game. But here's the reason why Josh McDaniels didn't want him. You know, that he has a hard time finishing games. You know, before he got hurt, when he was a real young player, man, I'll tell you what, he caught the league by fire, and he got the first big contract that surprised everybody. And he yep. was a guy that was a bomb thrower. You know, he'd throw the ball down the field. He was, uh, you know, was he the second coming of, um, you know, uh, the, the great uh, quarterbacks in Raiders history and you know, all the guys that would throw the ball down the field because that's what uh, – of course, uh, what's his name, Al Davis wanted. I, I just, he is a good player. He's a good, solid player. You can count on him to be there every day, working hard, saying the right things, a good face of the franchise. But there's something missing about finishing football games that is tied to him now over the last four or five years. And this is one of those games last night, although I will say, like I said, it was Foster Moreau who dropped the ball. But I can tell that there is an internal frustration right now with that offense. This yeah. is a, this is a top-five defense, regardless of what you saw last night. But if the offense would actually grow with them, this still, in my eyes, is the best team in the NFC South. Yeah, and, and, and again, case in point last week, you can't ask a defense in the modern era of the NFL to hold people under 20 every week. It's really hard to do. You know, you go on the road, you're losing to C.J. Stroud, your defense holds to 20. Like, 
it's just not good enough. Last night, you end up in a little bit of a hole because the offense isn't doing anything. Your defense is constantly on the field. I just, it's something you were all about. You told me he would never work in New York. I agreed with you. I thought New Orleans would be a sleepier spot for him. Maybe he'd get it going again. I, I don't like what I see so far. Well, there's, Let's a, there's the, a long way to go for them. Just remember, oh, there's there, a long yeah, there way is. to go for there them. Is. And I still think they're going to win the NFC South. But what you're seeing is a maturation process between he and the rest of his players in his offensive huddle. He finally got Kamara back, and all of a sudden they're using him more. So, hey, look, they scored. They should have scored 31 points last night at least. And yeah. I would say that he was the architect of that. But three on three of 18 on third down is, is not Big a good yikes. way to go. Let's hit the rundown. The NFL Rundown. All right, Boomer, I got to do it. And it's a good segue. You still have the Saints winning the South. We talked last week. Hey, you know, wonder if the Bucks are for real. Boy, they played like the creamsicle uniforms. The Lions absolutely rolled in and ragdolled that team. I want to get your take on the Lions. Huge showdown against the Ravens. But going on the road, playing a team that's off a bye, playing a team that's at 3-1, and one, and they walked in and they hit the Bucks with a garbage can. Destroyed them at every phase of the game. It was really an impressive performance. I want to know where you're at with the Lions more than just winning the North. Schedule-wise, yes, they only have three games that they will not be favored in the rest of the way per the Mikey Research Institute. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Eagles and Niners have gauntlets coming up. Are you willing to dream Lions competing for the first seed? Yeah, 100%. And uh, this is one of their tough <laughs> games on the road at Baltimore. And when you think yeah. about the Lions, they haven't been seven, uh, six and one or better through seven games since 1956. I mean, that's how, that's how bad this franchise has been. And, you know, quite frankly, right now, offensive and defensive line, great. Wide receiver position, great. Tight end position, great. Quarterback position should get a contract extension. I hope you heard me talking about that on the NFL today, by the way, because you put that little birdie in my ear. And then there. On, now, on top of all of this is you have two running backs that are hurt that are not playing this week. So a lot more is going to fall back on the passing game. And, you know, playing in Baltimore, like I said earlier, is not a, it's not a dream scenario. I mean, they play ugly no, football. No. John Harbaugh's got that team playing tough. Lamar is Lamar. So Lamar and this new offense doesn't mean anything because he's still the athlete that he's always been and will still rely on running and breaking the pocket like he should. I mean, that's who he is as a player, and you should take advantage of all of that. This will be a tough game for the Lions. If they can win this one, to me, then that tells me that they have – Probably the inside inside yeah. road to uh, the number one seed in the NFC. You you nailed it because this is I hate I hate saying this. I don't want people to think I'm being a jerk. It's there are scheduled losses sometimes. Sometimes you know it's not who you play. It's when you play them. And when you look at the Lions, banged up. They are a running team first. Their identity is running the football. They're down their top two backs with David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs. Here's what's interesting. You're going to Baltimore, a little bit of inclement weather potentially. Goff outside is a thing. Boomer, here's what I'm fascinated to see. Lions are league best, 68 yards a game on defense on the ground versus a Ravens team. They're going to sledgehammer you. I'm with you totally. If they hold up and they're able to go on the road and win a game like this, they might just be more than NFC North good. I still think they're a hell of a good team, and they're going to be a great story this year. But this is a game you're not supposed to win. And if they go and do it, I, could, I couldn't I could be more impressed back-to-back on the road at Tampa, on the road at Baltimore. You come out of that 2-0, and 
I think it elevates them to somewhere different. Well, just remember, the running part of the Baltimore Ravens, a big part of that is the broken plays by Lamar yeah. Jackson. So I'm sure that Dan Campbell is sitting there telling his defense, look, guys, we just can't let this guy beat us on the ground. We want him to beat us through the air if he can. Uh, they are getting healthier now on the Baltimore side of things, on the offensive side of things. So Lamar is being the pain in the neck that he has always been to opposing defenses. So to me, that's going to be, at the end of the day, if that number by Lamar is 30 or less, the Lions will win this game. I want to do a little bit of Eagles-Jets, talk about both teams different ways. Start with the Jets, though. Let's start with the good. That's the biggest Jets win since. Oh, God. I know. Uh, I would say that was big. Yeah, that, that was huge. It was a huge win for them. Regular season when they've had a couple of those last year. You, you remember they they actually got out to a decent start last year and then collapsed at the end of the season. But yeah. this win because the you know it was an undefeated Eagles team coming in with Jalen Hurts. I have to say their defense has played great. You know they've had one bad game and that was a game against the Cowboys where Sauce Gardner, man, he almost had a pick six. If he has that pick six, maybe that game's a little bit different. But their defense has kept them in the game in every one of their games. And even Rob Sala said it, even though he came back and apologized for the way he said it. They've embarrassed uh, yes. some of the best quarterbacks in the league, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. I mean, and those, you know, they forced them to eight interceptions and three and three touchdown passes. And that's one of the reasons why this team is able to win with Zach Wilson as a quarterback, especially when he doesn't turn the ball over, which was the case last week. And Jalen Hurts, of course, had three interceptions. So can here's my thing, and, and and I'm in a weird spot with Zach Wilson because I feel like it's it's we're starting to establish a floor, if that makes sense. Like, okay, I can go into the game and I know now Zach can give me X, whereas before I said Zach Wilson gives you nothing. Zach will openly hurt you. My question is, can that defense keep them afloat long enough to be in this thing in December and – I don't know what to do with this Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to play again this year, and he's walking around in shoes already. I just – can the defense really hold this together? Yeah, they can. They can run the ball, too, with Brees Hall uh, and Dalvin Cook. And and Brees is certainly back from his knee injury, and he looks great. I mean, he looks he's like awesome. he's got explosive – his explosiveness is back. His speed is back. And you could see that even from game one of the Buffalo Bills where he got caught behind from behind. But then against the Broncos, he took off and nobody could catch him. Um, I will tell you that Zach Wilson is improving. He's improved significantly from where he was last year at this time. Um, he still does make some mistakes, and I don't necessarily know that any of us have the confidence that if Nick Sirianni would have done the right thing at the end of the game, south Here we of go. two minutes, I, we'll get to that, if he would have done the right thing, did anybody have confidence that Zach Wilson was going to lead his team back and put them in field goal range in order to win the game. I, I don't think anybody has that confidence here in New York. So Not yet. A little bit of a break for Zach Wilson last week that Jalen Hurts made the just incredible error at the end of the game. Just, so let's talk about it. You're, you're leading me right to where I want to go. We've been all over this as a show that the Eagles, people were underestimating the impact of losing both coordinators – and having to replace several starters on defense with kids. But the Jalen Hurts component here, I have not felt like he's been right all year. That that there, Clearly, whether it's the coordinator change, whether it's the pieces, 
whether it's the running game being in flux, you know, look, when they're able to run for 200 yards, I'd hope, Jay, you know, he could be good. What are you seeing with Jalen, though, and this Eagles offense? What is missing? All right, Shane Steichen is missing, and Shane Steichen's in Indianapolis, and he got off to a pretty good start with Anthony Richardson kind of running the same offense that yeah. he had that he had for Jalen. You know, and the, and the interesting thing is when I lost my offensive coordinator, Bruce Coslett, in the kind of like after my seventh year, I think, in Cincinnati, you know, my game dipped. I mean, that guy knew me. He knew the plays that I did well. He knew how to coach me. He knew how to – talk to me through film and get me ready for the opponent that we were getting ready to play. And the, I could almost, I could almost predict the plays that he was going to call just by the personnel groupings that he was sending in. And I think that was a very special relationship between Shane Steichen and Jalen Hurts. And look, I appreciate Jalen Hurts from where he came from to where he is today and the money that he so, uh, so deserved. And I think the Eagles did the right thing because they do have their quarterback for the next seven years or so. Um, but think about this. They're off just a little bit, and Nick Sirianni should have known that his quarterback was not in the midst of a great game last right. week against the Jets. You're south of the two-minute warning. The Jets have no this. timeouts. I want to intro this for the people. Yeah. Boomer, just please, you deserve this. This is so exciting for me. Normally, I'm the one who brings up coaching malpractice each week, and hell, I'll even text <laughs> Boomer on a Sunday. Yes. I am so proud that unsolicited, our mind meld happened, and Boomer hits me before I even need to put it on the show sheet. I give you your Boomer's debut with coaching malpractice. <laughs> well, here we know, go. I'm a big I'm a big guy when it comes to situational football. So whether it be Tyrod Taylor screwing up at the end of the first half this past week, or whether it be Zach Wilson and screwing up at the end of the first half the week before in Denver, I hate all that stuff, and I put a lot of yeah. it on the coaches. And part of coaching football is understanding the game that you're playing, who you're playing against, what the situation is, how your own team is playing. Do you have injuries? What are the other variables that would make a decision for you relatively easily? So playing against the Jets in an offense is basically doing nothing and Hassan Reddick basically running all over the place making plays. You would think that if you were south of the two-minute warning, you had a third down and the opposing team, in this case the Jets, did not have any timeouts. You would just run the ball up the middle. Now, you might get a first down, but then again, you may not get a first down. If you don't get a first down, you're going to run at least 45 seconds to 48 seconds off the clock by virtue of running the play and then the down clock. And then you can call timeout yourself, and then you can punt the ball to the Jets, most likely inside their 20-yard line, with less than a minute to go in the game. And right. they have no timeouts. And you put it back on Zach Wilson, who doesn't do this very well. Yeah, so, it's not the right move. It's the only move. And I, it was unbelievable from Sirianna. It's a simple move, Mike. And I'm sure Sirianni looked at this tape and saw him, Jalen Hurts, throw the ball inside when he had A.J. Brown one-on-one on the outside, which is where he probably should have thrown it or he should have thrown it because it's either a completion or it's an incompletion, and then you're punting with a little bit more time on the clock. But All right, you, you got 60, right. 60 seconds. This is important. You need to explain to the people – Yes, I blame Brian Dayball because it's just fun at this point. But Tyrod Taylor before the half, explain how that happened, Giants-Bills. All right, so in the uh, headset or the timeout, they tell Tyrod, look, this is a play that we normally call down here, and there's a run check that's a, a part of the play if they're in a certain defensive front. But listen, Tyrod, we don't have enough time to run that play, so do not call the run check. So Tyrod Taylor goes trotting out on the field and he gets an initial little shotgun and he checks to the run check. And this is what gives coaches aneurysms 
because <laughs> he, they told him before he went out there, do not call the run play. You have to throw the ball. Now, back in the day when I played, when the coach wanted me to run a play and not check out of a play, he would say he would say in my headset or he would signal on the sideline before we got the headsets that it's a carry play, C-A-R-I, call and run it. There is no mm-hmm. check. There is no audible. You're just going to call the play and run it. And Tyrod got that message because after the game was over, we all saw Brian Dable just absolutely steaming off the field at halftime. And then they asked Brian what had happened. They told Tyrod that, look, don't call the run check here. You got to throw it. And Tyrod did take ownership of it. So why Tyrod did that is beyond me. And uh, quite frankly, he should know better because he's been around the league for a long time. But maybe this is why he's on like his fifth or sixth team because of moments like this that make no sense. Not ideal. All right, listen, we're going to get to the picks. Plenty more issues to get to as well. But let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the family, the entire family of Casamigos tequilas, the Reposado, the Añejo, the Blanco, the Cristalino, or the Mezcal. It's Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. And Casamigos tequila reminds you to please celebrate responsibly.